about 12 years ago, my wife and I were very sure the Lord was moving us from Bible Baptist, and we didn't know where exactly. Uh, we had been given some other names of, of churches through uh, the years there at Bible Baptist, and uh, were, you know, of course, not believing the Lord was leading in that direction. Matter of fact, never even sent a resume out to them once we found out about the work and what they were involved with. And uh, so, so uh, through the process of time, many of you know the story how uh, Pastor Ken Todd came to the area and uh, told us about Northside, told us about community, also up Edwardsburg area. And uh, there was another church uh, in Grove City, Pennsylvania. And there were these few churches that we did send our, our resume to. And uh, as, uh, as you do that, some of you guys, you know, you're, you're looking at, oh man, you know, the work is shutting down and I got to get my name out there. Isn't it, isn't it hard to, to put your, you know, say, okay, I'm willing to come to, you know, but, but I want God's will done, and you're just like, is this me, or is this God? And I was working through all this. My wife and I, as we, we prayed about it, and I'm sure fasted over this, we finally got the resume together. And to this day, I remember that day, I remember I was in Burnham that day, and I remember the big blue box, and I had my resume all done, sealed up, and I remember, you know how most times you throw a letter in, and it's like, okay, bills are paid now, boy, I feel good, not this one, I'm going, should I or shouldn't I, that's where I was at, seriously, I didn't, so I stopped right there, and I remember saying, God, this is your department. I'm taking this letter. It's your department now. I can't do anything. I may receive a call. I may not receive a call. But the one over Northside, I prayed for the most. I don't know why, but I did. And as I put that in, I remember putting it in and waiting to hear the clunk. When you open it, you know how the letter goes down and hits the bottom, you know? And it's like, there's no... There's no I changed my mind. You open it back up and you pull it back out. You can't do that. It's, it's there and it is in root. And uh, I think I got a call. Somebody saying, yeah, we got the letter. Thanks. See you later. You know, I'm like, okay, that's going far. <laughs> Ten months later, nothing. Ten months. Seriously, I didn't hear a word from y'all. I threw out everything from the church because I hadn't heard anything. Hadn't heard anything from anybody. And I had, uh, you know, the, the interrogating letters that you get from some churches, you know, 15 pages of your doctrinal statement and everything you had to go through. Went through all that with churches. It was, it's horrible. And so, so it's, it's not easy. So I kind of gave up the ghost on the whole thing and just like, okay, that's the thing of the past. And all of a sudden I get a call on a, on a Tuesday morning, I guess it was, and Stan uh, Sankovich gives me a call and says, hey, uh, we were wondering if you'd come out and preach for us. And I'm like, Okay. Didn't see this one coming, but okay. And uh, the rest is history. Have you ever had something that you had to spread out, or if you will, lay out before God? And you have to say, God, this is, this is not easy, and it is so far beyond me. Talking with Jerry uh, Krog, kind of going through the possibility of, of a foyer and bathrooms, etc., the expansion that we would like to build on. And when you look at this, and he's working on the details right now, getting it all on paper, the blueprints and everything. And when you look at these, you say, How? 
How can it even happen? And I'm sure Pastor Guiley, through the years, when he was going from point A to point B, and then the gym over there, you know, I'm sure it was like, wow, this is too big. How? What we have to remember in this story as Hezekiah, the king of Judah, he is taking a letter that has been given to him. He has read it. And this isn't the first letter, by the way. This is like the second letter. And there were actually letters over and over again that uh, King Sennacherib was, it was giving to him and, and trying to say, stop trusting in God. Just league up with me. And he knew that that was wrong. So he takes this letter, and as it says, he spreads it before the Lord. And you say, well, don't you think God knew what was being penned? Absolutely. Do you think God knew what was in it? Absolutely. But folks, there's something about presentation before God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to be timely today because I know we have communion and uh, but I think there's some very powerful things that we're going to see in this prayer that Hezekiah has before God. The first thing that we see in verse number 14 is as Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it, that Hezekiah, notice this, went up into the house of the Lord. So he goes directly to the temple. Matter of fact, if you remember back in earlier in this chapter, chapter 19, verse 1 from last week, the last part of it, he went into the house of the Lord. He knew what to do. Matter of fact, even more detailed here, as he gets into this prayer, you'll be reminded that we talked about going into the temple or the house of the Lord is literally going into the presence of God. And we talked about that last week, and we talked about the very presence of God. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And even though we are now the temple of God, He is with us consistently, constantly. We thank God for that. We have to remember that it is in His presence that, that prayer takes place. So as He goes into the very presence of the God, He begins to take this letter and spreads it out before the Lord. Now, one of the things that I want to notice with you is this as he received again this letter he hezekiah never sent a response to king sennacherib there's no word going back let me think about it or i'll pray about it or no i'm not going to do this not a word remember how we talked about sometimes it's wise not to speak to just stop, and you can almost sense, and, and somebody's been giving me this phrase recently, I think it was Les uh, Cornelison, he says there's times that you have to just stop and say, be still and know that I am God. And that's that, that principle that we're trying to show you here. He's not in a panic mode. He's not, oh no, what are we going to do? But rather he's just saying, God, I'm coming to your presence and while I'm here, I'm laying this out before you, not before man. I'm laying this before you, God, and literally I am bringing it to you and placing it under the very eyes of God and asking God, if you will, to read it. Lord, are you reading what they are saying? Now, here's the key about you. 
And he spreads this before the Lord. And there are some things in your life that are very, very negative. This is Margin shared about cancer. Going to a doctor, not knowing what the doctor is going to read in that report. Jobs that are going on. Bills that sometimes we say, how? How can we get through this? This church has to step out in faith and say, Lord, we, we are, we're planting the seed and we're just waiting for the water. We have no idea what's going to go on with the building around here. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, okay. Guess what? We still get to have church. You know, it continues on. It's all good. But there's hopes that we have, ambitions that we have, goals that we have for the Lord. And so we plant the seed and say, Lord, there it is. And um, we're just praying for you to water it to make it grow. Because this is your department. It's beyond us. We can't do it. And there are things, folks, that you are going to need to, to bring before God. I don't know if you do this. Do you make a list, if you will, and give it to God? Literally write it down. If you do not know this, many of you do not come and maybe aren't around here through the week on Wednesdays. And if you would, I would encourage you, we make lots of copies of them. On the steps out there are the previous Wednesdays prayer list. You know why we have a prayer list? Because we need you folks praying for these needs. We have people in the military. We have people that are our shut-ins. We have people that are going through surgeries. Those are listed on there. Not exhaustive lists, but those who want their name on there. And we begin to pray for them. And you can take that and you can tuck it away in your Bible. And you say, boy, what do I want to pray about today? Well, here's a whole list. And before long, you're going to find out that it's a sweet hour of prayer. Because these folks, and by the way, when it's your turn... Won't you wish somebody prays for you as you're on this list? If it's maybe your mom that's the shut-in. You see, a list reminds us what we are praying for. The urgency of what we are praying for. And so we take it before the Lord and we, and we open up our hearts and we say, Lord, here it is. It's before you. Would, you. would you put your eyes on this? Would you listen to my prayer? And would you, would you take this and consider this? It's a specific petition. A specific petition that we have before God. This message today is teaching you and I that many times we can be too generic in our prayers. God wants us to give specifics. And this specific prayer, and we'll talk about what that is that he was ultimately asking for, is given to him by letter. It is then a time for him to begin to pray to God. And we say, okay, let's, you know, we, we think about prayer. We start, we start to pray. And we go through you know, our sometimes sadly generic list of how we pray th for things and we go through it we pray for our food we pray and and sometimes uh you know what we got to remember is god look, god's looking at your heart okay it's right here and you know there's people that when they when they pray i love to hear them pray i love the way you know they they reflect and and talk to the lord as as though he's right hand in hand with them and and i totally understand that but can i remind you that that's not what god's listening to 
we listen to words. God goes beyond those because even the Pharisees love to stand in corners with long, flowing prayers, and all the people are going, oh, I just love to hear that person pray. And God's like, ugh. Ugh. He couldn't stand the prayer. It's because, remember the one, Lord, I am so glad I'm not like this sinner down here. I am so glad that I give alms to the poor and I take care of people not like this awful rotten sinner down here. I am such a good person. And God's like, oh. And then this guy on his knees just beats his chest and says, Lord, would you have mercy on me because I'm a sinner? And God says, hmm, that's what I'm waiting to hear. You see, it's a heart. God doesn't like self-righteousness. Yeah. So here, this humble prayer that he has, I love how it, how it begins in verse 15. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, remember, inside of the temple. Now, what he begins in this prayer is he says, O Lord God of Israel. So we know he is Jehovah, Yahweh. He is the, the, the powerful God that is Elohim, the God of creation. And he is the God of the people of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubs. Where did that come from? Now think about this, what he is about to talk to God. Now this is something I don't know that in my prayers I've ever said, Lord, where you dwell. But there is a reason that Hezekiah is bringing this up. Now remember, it is not, it is not just a fact that we pray, folks. God is listening to the heart, and from the heart man speaks, right? And so he is beginning to talk to God about some things that are very deep and profound about the very character of God and what God himself has established. So here he is going to the temple. Now he can't go into the place that he's talking about. The place that he's talking about is right inside the Holy of Holies, the holiest place. Um, Let's look at one cross-reference so you see it. Exodus 25. Keep your finger there. We'll be back. Exodus 25. And this is where it all began concerning what we're talking about. 25-22. Uh, I'm sorry. We've got to read verse 21. Makes sense. Exodus 25-21. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark... So we have the ark, and then underneath the seat, the mercy seat. And of course, inside that, we're going to deal with that in Hebrews down the road, what was inside this. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. There I will meet with thee. I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubs, remember, Thou that dwellest between the cherubs, the two cherubs which are upon the ark of the testimony of all the things which I will give thee in the commandment unto the children of Israel. So God said, this is, if you will, my dwelling place for Israel. That is where I'm going to meet with you. And this is the place where the high priest once a year would come in. 
place the blood of the, the lamb in there and sprinkle it for the atonement for the sins of the people once a year. And it was a place that, well, when God was there, there was this huge cloud, if you will, above it. And when that cloud was there, they knew God's presence was there. When it was gone, time for them to tear down. Let's move on to the next place, set it back up, and wherever it was, God's presence was there. And they could go directly to that place to meet with God, to commune with God, and to pray to God. Hezekiah knew the word enough to say, Lord, this is what you have promised. You are the God of Israel. Now follow me. He is taking God at his word. He is taking God at his promise to Israel. Now, this is not, Christians, this is not you and I being conceited. But, folks, when we go to God, we are not supposed to be doubting. We're to go to God with confidence. Not confidence in self, but confident in the promises that God has for us. When I go to God, for instance, and I am praying for somebody to, to be saved, and I know this person, I'm witnessing to this person, and I know that they're searching it out and they're not saved yet, I go to God and I don't say, God, now if it's your will to save this person, please do. I don't have to, I don't go to God that way. You say, well, you have to pray His will. I already know what His will is. It is His will to save that person. Now my prayer is, Lord, using what I know is your will, because you're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, I begin to be specific. And Lord, surround them with other Christians. Get the word into their minds. Soften their hearts. All of these things that I will pray for them about with confidence. And that's exactly what Hezekiah is doing in this prayer. But do remember this, and i got to save time. You remember the Romans 8 principle? He says that when we pray, he says, we don't even always know what to say. You know, we think, oh, i got all the words down. He says, no, 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 no. We don't even know how to pray, how to put it into words. So what happens is the, inner, the, the Spirit of God inside of us intercedes with what's going on inside of us. And he takes it to the very throne of God and brings it to him with groanings which cannot even be uttered. You can't even put into words. And have you ever been at that place in prayer where you just say, Lord, you know my heart. It's all you can say. It's so hard to put it exactly into words because you can't put it into a sentence or a paragraph. Everything that's going on, the details. And there's times you say, Lord, I don't even know what to say. There's times, folks, I don't know exactly what to say to God. So what God does is he says, I heard that. Isn't that neat? You say, but I didn't say anything. You didn't have to. Because God knows exactly what depth of despair or problem that it is that you're dealing with. And he says, got the memo. Father, this is what he is saying. And it's a moaning. It's a groaning. And think about this, folks. Every time you pray, every time I pray, every time every Christian prays, 
that specific petition enters into the very mind of God, into his ears, before his eyes, to see all of this happening at one time. You say, how can that be? Because he is God who dwells between the cherubs that will meet with you because the Lord Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. He is our high priest. He is the presence of God. And now we have one God and one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. You don't need a man if you haven't gotten that memo yet. Okay, you do not need somebody that calls themselves father. You do not need any man who calls himself a priest. You do not need to go through a man to talk to God. Because you and I, by our God, by our Creator, has said that you and I, the moment we believe in Jesus Christ, are now made priests and kings unto our God. We can come boldly to the throne of grace now. That's the confidence now that we're supposed to have. Because we come to the one who dwells between the cherubs, and he is God and God alone. Look at verse 15. Which dwellest between the cherubs, thou art the God, even thou alone. Then in verse number 19, the last part, actually verse in the middle of it, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Love that song years ago. Was it Steve Green, is that the right word? It had that song very popular in the 80s. It was God and God alone. In that principle of God alone, he calls him creator. The last part of verse 15, thou hast made heaven and earth. Everything that we see, he says, Lord, I'm acknowledging to you that you are the God alone creator of all things. When was the last time you acknowledged to God he is the only one who is God. He is the one who has made all things. So all of a sudden, if he's made all things, he's in control of all things. Eh? So if all of a sudden you're thinking, well, there's this God and there's this God and this God, uh-uh-uh-uh. Because there's only one who was created. That's popular today. Okay? Because the philosophy is, okay, you make your God up, I make my God up, and we're just all going to go to this happy dwelling place together. Not according to the scriptures, my friend. There is a God, one true living God, who has created all things. We submit to that one to say, He is God alone. He alone has sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sin. He alone resurrected from the dead to give us the gospel of peace so that we can be saved. God alone. He is creator. He has ears. Don't forget, God has ears to listen to you. He wants to listen to you. He has eyes to see exactly what is going on in your life. The positives as well as the negatives that we all have. I have them. You have them. His eyes are, are watching. And in this text, Hezekiah is giving this letter and saying, Lord, do you see it? And Lord, are you hearing what they're saying about you? Lord, are you, hearing, are you hearing me? I'm calling on you to intervene. 
Lord, will you please take knowledge of the enemy? I am under attack. Israel is under attack. The truth is, they have taken every nation, every God of the nations, and have walked right through them like nothing. They have destroyed everything that is in their way. And right now, Lord, they're knocking on our door. They're right here. Their messengers are here. They are upon us. We are locked in Jerusalem. They're tearing down our walls of protection. They're upon us, Lord. Lord, and now we either have to give in to them or fight. And we can't win. We cannot win. It was impossible. The truth is, everyone that got in Sennacherib's way perished. And now they're upon us. And I believe God, you, the God alone, can protect Israel. Because you dwell amongst Israel between the cherubs. He doesn't dwell outside. He dwells at that specific place. And as we learned years ago, that is a place that God says, I will put my name there. That's where the light shines from, is from Israel. And so truth is, there's enemies. So Lord, here's my specific prayer, verse 19. Now therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save. Save. That's what he's asking him to do. Save thou us out of his hand. Specific. There's a purpose. There's a point to our prayers. Be pointed in your prayers. Be specific. By the way, he didn't know when it was going to happen. At this point, he didn't even know how it was going to happen. But he believed. Do you see faith in this? I do. See the trust factor? I can't, but you can, God. And that's to me what laying these petitions out before God. And, and you have yours. I have mine. And we just kind of hand it out to God and say, Lord, this is yours. And he knew and acknowledged that specifically that the attack was not against them alone, but it was against God himself. And so since it was against God himself, he believed if he, God, would save Israel, that all of the earth, all of the kingdoms of the earth, Assyria in particular, would know that there is one true Lord God, and that he then receives the glory because he is God and God alone. And so the glory and honor then would return to God. Folks, when we pray and we're specific, we should have, as a result of the outcome, another plan. No matter what happens, God gets the glory. Remember what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said? They said, listen, if we are saved from the fire, praise the Lord, and if not, I want you to know, king, that there is one God, and you're not him. And we're not falling down before you, because we have a principle to live by, and we believe in the God of the Word of God that has revealed himself to us, period. And when you come to that point, you will then quickly, every time there's an answer to prayer, you're going to say, 
Praise God. Let me tell you what God's been doing. It's not for man's honor. It's for God's honor. Hezekiah removed himself from the attention and put the attention back on God. Uh, you've been about people that in their prayer, you can tell that they are so much in love with themselves. It's not about you. Prayer isn't about you. Prayer is about God. We have an issue here. I need you to step in. And God, this is all about you and what you're going to do. We've been around people that really felt that their prayers are going to quickly be heard before yours. Because they're such a great prayer warrior. Folks, you have the same access to God as any other Christian. But, when Ahaz, his father, would come before God, no answer. Because he was in disobedience. Hezekiah could come before God with confidence because he was in the will of God doing the right thing and that gave him the confidence. The reason sometimes we don't come to God with specifics is because we know, we know that our heart's not where it needs to be. And that leads us into communion, does it not? We have to search our hearts and prepare our hearts. That's what God's waiting for. Right now, we're about to take communion. This is a sweet time of fellowship, folks. It's a time for you to stop and say, Lord Jesus, your body was broken for me. Your blood was shed for me. You get to worship God and testify to everybody in this room, I believe Jesus died for me. We are to do this, he tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, until he returns. And we are witnessing and testifying to each other of his death and what he has done for us. It's a preparation right here of our very, very hearts. If you personally have never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God knows your heart. And he, my friend, wants to save you just the way you are. And Hezekiah said, Lord, save us. You can call out the same thing because you've got an enemy too. It's called sin, death, and God wants to take that enemy far from you, forgive you, and give you eternal life. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Bless. And I pray that this brief invitation is we as Christians prepare our hearts for communion, that if there are any here that have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that even where they are right now, that they would call on you and just say, God, that's me. I've been battling you, trying to do it my own way. And I know that Jesus died for my sin and he rose again. Come into my heart. Lord, if they would just call on you, you will answer them and save them just the way they are. Lord, we come to you as Christians and say, forgive. Forgive our nation, our leadership, for the pride, being self-willed, forgetting you. Lord, heal our land, and may we as Christians call on you for this. 
I pray that you will bless this invitation, Lord. It is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.